Welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odiyebuchi O'Connell. The topic of this week's lesson is Finding Rest in Family Ties. The key text is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, it's time to study your word again. Grant us your Holy Spirit, Father, and lead us into a full understanding of your word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you know any dysfunctional family anywhere? We have very bad examples of dysfunctional families in the Bible. The story of the betrayal of Joseph's brothers presents Jacob's family as one of the most dysfunctional families in the Bible. Joseph stirred the anger and jealousy of his brothers to the point where they planned to kill him. Thanks to Reuben, who later suggested that they dump him in a dry well and allow him to die there. After that, Judah will suggest that they make some quick money by selling their own brother. What a dysfunctional family. Were it not for Reuben's intervention, the story of Joseph would have ended there in the well. Some of our families are like Jacob's family. Some families are blessed with loving parents and understanding and supportive siblings who love God and reflect His ideals for the family. But some families have complicated relationships, both with family members and with God, leaving a lot of regrets and pains on family members. Unfortunately, we can choose all other things in life, but we can't choose our families. How can we find rest in God, even when our family relationship is less than ideal? This week's lesson will answer this question and many others. Dysfunction at home. Going back to the account of Genesis 34, we see that Joseph's problem did not begin from his father's house. His great-grandfather's family had been a dysfunctional family. There was tension between his great-grandmother, Sarah, and Hegai, her maid. Isaac, his grandfather, and Ishmael, his half-brother, grew in a tension-soaked environment. Isaac carried it into his family, as he loved Jacob more than Esau. His father, Jacob, was tricked into marrying two sisters, and there was constant rivalry between both of them. So, Jacob's children grew up learning how to pick a fight. Apart from the family squabbles, they were also natural fighters who were used to blood and killing. At one point, they massacred the males in the town of Shechem. Reuben, the oldest of Jacob's sons, defiled Rachel's maid, who was also his father's concubine, by sleeping with her. Genesis 35:22 Meanwhile, Judah, another of Joseph's brother, mistook his widowed daughter-in-law for a prostitute and ended up sleeping with her and having twins with her. 
Genesis 38. Then Jacob worsened the situation by making a coat of many colors for Joseph. Genesis 37 verse 3. These Petrat's families could win a competition as the most dysfunctional families. What a bad news. Lessons to learn. Lesson number one. Children inherit attitudes, whether good or bad, from parents. So what you do not want your children's family to be, ask God for grace not to let your own family be. Lesson number two. Avoid actions that may create problems for your children and your family in future. No matter how you manage it, always remember that you will not always be there. Someday, you will die and then you will not be able to control what happens in a family you left behind anymore. The best time to work on your family is now. Lesson number three. That these Petrat's families and relationships were so rotten and messy, and yet they were all numbered among the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, shows that God sometimes looks away from our human weaknesses to see how we are struggling to gain forgiveness and to hold on to Him. If you have inherited any family dysfunction, you can surrender it to God today. Choosing a New Direction Deuteronomy 4.29 But if from then you shall seek the Lord your God, you shall find Him, if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Just imagine Joseph's agony as he traveled to Egypt, where he will now become a slave. Just imagine how he felt as he cast his mind back home and as he saw a father who will be hopelessly afflicted by the sorrow of a lost son. He would have replayed the last scene with his brothers, remembering the bitterness on their faces. Insults rained on him, the wickedness with tears. He looked forward to a future with great uncertainties. A once cherished and beloved son now looks forward to a life of slavery, loneliness, and deprivation. He must have given himself to grief for a season. Away in an unknown land, he remembered all the lessons his father taught him about Yahweh. He now remembered he was not alone. Now his heart turned to Jehovah, the God of his father. What are you teaching your children? Remember, what you teach them today will serve either to help them or to destroy them in the face of temptations and uncertainties. Ellen White, commenting on this account in Petras and Prophets, pages 213 and 214, wrote, He there and then gave himself fully to the Lord and prayed that the keeper of Israel would be with him in the land of his exile. It was now time for him to make personal decisions to serve and obey the God of his father. Only then will he find rest in God. No matter how well our parents, our ancestors served God, faith and spirituality are not transmitted genetically. So each one of us must make personal commitments in serving God. 
until we come to that point when we discover God for ourselves and serve Him proudly and personally, we will not find rest. Deuteronomy 4.29, Joshua 24.15, and Psalms 14 verse 2. Finding true self-worth. In Egypt, Joseph was resold to Potiphar, captain of a guard of Pharaoh's army. At this point, all hopes of his escape from captivity would have been dashed. He now had the task of learning a new language and an entirely new culture. This change in status would have affected Joseph's self-esteem. Being a special child, favorite among his father's children, the son of a beloved wife who received a gift of an expensive and beautiful coat from his father, must have left Joseph with a high self-esteem. Now, becoming a slave boy who could be bought and sold at will would have dampened his self-worth. But Joseph learned a vital lesson that we all have to learn. We need to find our self-worth only in God. If we depend on man's definition of our worth, we would be frustrated, confused, and misled. But God's definition of our worth brings consolation and hope. Paul writes in Hebrews 8 verse 14, As many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Earlier, prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 43, from verse 1 to 3, I have created thee, thou art mine. This assertion is not dependent on our states at any particular time, nor is it dependent on man's assessment of our words. It is rather dependent on God's definition of our words. Man looks at us through circumstances and situations and reads our words based on what we have, what we know, who we know, where we have been, what positions we occupy, what power we have, and how much money we own. But God looks at us through the eye of grace. No matter how poor or weak we may be, He sees great potentials in us. This was why He sent His Son to die for us on the cross. The cross is a symbol of great sacrifice, but the cross is also a symbol of our worth. So how are you responding to this sacrifice by living up to your worth in God? Doing relationship God's way. Genesis 39 verse 2 reveals that God blessed Potiphar because of Joseph. But at the same time, the Lord also blessed Joseph. Genesis 39 verse 4 reveals that he found grace in the sight of Potiphar. Because of that, Potiphar made him overseer of his house. Then trouble began brewing. Potiphar's wife began to lust after Joseph, who the Bible described as handsome in form and appearance. Genesis 39 verse 6 Although the Bible hardly mentions people's physical appearance, since God looks on the inside more than on the outside. 1 Samuel 16:7. It appeared that Joseph's fair look became a hindrance towards his pursuit of purity and faithfulness to God's principles. Despite sexual advancements from Potiphar's wife, Joseph stayed true to Bible principles of obedience to God at all times. As she pursued Joseph again and again, 
He resisted her, explaining all the time his motives for resisting her. Genesis 39, 8-10 Although Joseph realized that he could not control the choices of people around him, he knew that he could choose to live in God's presence and to obey God no matter what. How can you learn to apply same godly principles in your own life and relationship, even when others are not being fair? The great controversy, up close and personal. Joseph's insistence on obeying God landed him in prison, as he was accused wrongly and framed by the woman. It appeared that Potiphar did not believe his wife, having known Joseph for years. He could have killed Joseph immediately, but he could attest to his stern belief in God and to his faithfulness, so he spared his life. But to guard his reputation, he had to take action. Even in prison, God was with Joseph, Genesis 39 verse 21. Life on earth is not always fair. Sometimes we get punished for being good. And some people have been rewarded for supporting evil and for doing evil. But Joseph found peace in prison. While in prison, Joseph would have given up on God for allowing him to suffer. But he was kind to fellow prisoners and the prison guards. He walked with God, even there in prison. God was with him all the time. Genesis 40 verse 22 Like Joseph no matter how beautiful our relationship may be, they reflect the battle between good and evil as there is no perfect relationship anywhere. Sometimes, those close to us inflict pains on us. But the good news is that God does not leave us to fight the battles alone. He gives us wisdom, James 1 verse 5, and He walks with us, Isaiah 43, 1-3. In conclusion, God has promised to give us rest no matter how dysfunctional and how rotten our lives may be. He wants us to weigh our words by the price that was paid on Calvary and to reflect his principles as we relate with others. Let us pray. Thank you, our gracious and ever-loving Father. Teach us to live by your principles daily as we wait for the return of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For questions and contributions, you can reach me on WhatsApp through plus 234-903-789-1680 or you can send an email to Summer School Lesson Summary at gmail.com. God bless you.